Jake. Your father always said he wanted you to be a pilot. He said a lot of things. I'm not a hero like he was. The kaiju. They're gonna come back. Okay. Uh, this is take two, I guess. Or three. Or whatever. Hey, we're, we're talking about movies, so we're gonna do as many takes as possible. We can uh, fix it in post. Yes, we will. Uh, but for right now, welcome to the Wage of Cinema. I'm Jack. Uh, with me today, uh, Corey's not here, unfortunately. Uh, uh, actually, she probably wouldn't have wanted to go see this movie anyway. And fortunately, Andrew isn't here either. Uh, with me instead is guest star Macatania. Ahoy! Ahoy! Um, thank you for coming with me, Matt. Uh, thank actually, you for having I, me, Jack. Yes, and I think you actually wanted to see this movie uh, probably even more than I did, uh, but we can talk about that maybe in a minute or two. Uh, what we're talking about today is Pacific Rim Uprising. You forgot uh, the colon. Oh, thank you. <laughs> the other times we tried to record this episode, I was saying it correctly, Pacific Rim colon Uprising. Um, uh, P-R-U, you could also call it. Um, now, I really liked the, uh, the first Pacific Rim. I wasn't sure what to expect from it. The trailers uh, promised lots of... Uh, gnarly monsters fighting gigantic men in mecha suits. And obviously the sequel that we just saw promised that. Um, I don't know if I was as solid on this as I was the first one. No, neither was I. Okay. So we're a little bit on the same page with that. Yeah. Now, I mean, I can get into why I think I felt this way. Um, it's not like I'm, oh my God, this is so horrible. I, I can't recommend this movie to anyone. Like, it clearly was made with an audience in mind, and I'm sure that there will be some people going to see this movie that will just not care and want to see the action. And for that, it's not terrible. But I think that where this movie really falls flat for me is the script, and specifically, it it's a little more convoluted than I think it needed to be. Maybe, I don't know. I felt that it was good that they tried to, like, do at least the twist. Like, there was... A, in the first half of the movie, like... The second half of the movie is much better than the first half of the movie, at least when I was... Wait, you're saying the second half is better than the first I, half? I like the second half better than the first half. I, I think I would I would probably agree with that a little bit, too. Yeah, I was... I was the problem is I was bored for the first half, but then at some point it just kicks in and gets going, so that's good, but... There was. It seemed like they were going in an obvious direction, but I'm glad that they put a twist in it, which I think maybe is what you're saying was too complicated. I'm well, sure. well, some of the things that they were trying to explain in the plot, uh, certain decisions that get made and character revelations. Again, we'll get into that. Um, basically, the 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 storyline here, uh, they decided to not follow up right from the end of the first movie, which. Uh, for those who didn't see the first one, uh, the way that the, uh, the, the the humans get rid of these giant monsters, they discover that there's a literally like this breach in the ocean where all the monsters are coming up from. That's how it happened, right? Yeah, and then they send they explode a nuke with inside the dimensional breach, and it kills all the aliens that are in that dimension and seals it up at the same time. Yes, exactly. So the the idea of the literally the title of the Pacific Rim 
it, you know, involves where the monsters come from in, in that story. Um, now in this, they jump ahead 10 years, um, and they, they decide, all right, we're going to make this about, um, the, uh, a character who was in the first movie, uh, his son, like Stacker Pentecost, which that's, that's a name. <laughs> like, that, that's like two names just kind of slammed together that shouldn't really go. That but. describes all the names in these movies. Yeah, it kind of does. Well, in the, well but his son is named Jake. That's I guess that's a little bit more normal. But yeah, there are a number of names here like uh, like Herman Gottlieb, which I guess it's not that bad. Or uh, um, Mako Mori. Actually, that has a nice alliteration to it. That's the R Rinko Kikuchi character. Uh, who returns in this story. Anyway, John Boyega, he plays the son of the character from the first movie played by Idris Elba. He was the one who was leading all of the troops. If you saw the trailer for the movie, you might remember him going, Today we cancel the apocalypse! You know, yeah, that. If you haven't seen the movie or the trailer, you should just probably stop right now and pop in Pacific Rim because it's a good movie. It is a lot of fun. I remember having fun with that movie. It wasn't anything... Like, oh God, oh oh, you're 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 blowing our minds, Guillermo del Toro. But there were a number of set pieces that and characters that made it worthwhile. I I remember. And anyway, here, like I said, they set it up where John Boyega again. He's playing the son of Idris Elba. He's he's set up at the beginning as I'm this kind of wild party guy who has kind of abdicated his duties with uh, becoming like a cadet or or ranger, or whatever they call it. Um, that that kind of ends pretty quickly, though. Kaylee Span Spanny. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Spanny. I don't know. I've never heard her name pronounced yeah. before. It, it, well, her, she, she's one of these people. She's an actress. Her, I'm, I'm looking at how her name is spelled. C-A-I-L-E-E-S-P-A-E-N-Y. Can't you get some simpler names, people? Kaylee Spanny. All right, never mind. Anyway, Kaylee... Um, she is this girl who's making her own Yagers. Yager. No, not Yager. Yeah, Yager's the ex hockey player. Yager Yager uh, <laughs> starts to destroy uh, the, the, the city. No. Uh, anyway, the she's creating like her own little Yagers out of spare parts, um, which is an interesting concept if they had kind of stuck with that as the story, but they don't. Immediately, it becomes, well, the other, there's another gigantic. Jaeger that kind of takes both John Boyega and Kelly Spani and takes them back to the main headquarters where all the the, the cadets train to, to be Jaegers. Because even though it's 10 years later, they're still training people and having giant robots because, hey, you know, even though we got rid of the kaiju, why not still have these guys? They have a giant robot-based economy, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> it's too big to fail. Ah, literally. <laughs> Both physically and mentally. Mostly physically. <laughs> but anyway, so we have these... Uh, so basically, the, the, the story seems to be... All right, so you have this one guy who's... You know, he's set up to be like... He, he's, he doesn't really follow all the orders. He, he's... You know, even though he's his father's son, he's not really his father's son... As far as how, you know, you follow the traditional path. It's like, you know, I, I trained, but I kind of fell out because I couldn't quite cope. And then, you know, you have this girl who 
uh, kind of mirroring the first movie, the way you had like the female character who suffered uh, some personal tragedy as a child uh, through a giant monster. She's trying to combat that by being a cadet, even though she feels out of place. And through this, then you get uh, lots of plot. Uh, from here, I'm trying to explain how else to, to describe it. Basically, the, how the, the conflict of the movie comes in is you have, once again, one of these corporations that's kind of risen up. And let me ask, actually, Matt, was there, was the show corporate, was it the Shao Corporation? Corporation? Was the Shao Corporation a thing in the first movie? Not that I remember. Yeah. There's a, a clipping on um at Amara's wall in that one scene that says Shao Corporation like becomes new Jaeger like mass producing like oh okay I, I guess I I, I must it, have forgotten really that important. no like yeah thing. they have that they have that moment where uh, where Jake uh, the John Boyega character he's looking in like his old room at lots of newspaper clippings because audience won't know what's going on unless you feed them information it's a quick way to do it. Um, but there's this corporation in China called the Shao Corporation. They're now in charge of creating lots of uh, Jaeger technology. And uh, we also, that's where we get the return of Charlie Day, who was in the first movie, Dr. Newton Geisler. And he's even more Charlie Day than you remember. <laughs> <laughs> he's like Charlie Day now with like extra money in his bank. Yeah, he's only become more Charlie Day as a decade on yes he's become that and then there's uh then there's the kind of thing which you've probably seen in other movies where uh other technology is going to come in and try to take over our other big technology they want to the corporation wants to make these drones so that we why should we have men in these giant robot suits you know anymore we could just send other robots that don't have people in them and that always works out yeah, I mean, it actually does sound safer, but at the same time, they're kind of doing a commentary on drone warfare, but yet, you think that really, you, that the robots are going to, like, destroy entire cities, regardless of whether you have the pilots inside the mech suit or not, so... Yeah, uh, it, it, it doesn't matter, like, you already are kind of doing uh, what is kind of a questionable idea anyway, having not one, but two people in these giant robot suits, but... It's an interesting image because yeah. you have to put these two people together. Their minds have to kind of meld. Yeah. Um, that's the whole concept of them. And the drone thing, it, it didn't feel anything new. I feel like I've seen that commentary in other places. Yeah, but I think that the issue is it's hard to find uh, drift-compatible pilots because you don't have like so many pilot candidates, but if they don't work together, you don't have anybody to make the mech go. Whereas they said, well, our new drone Jaegers only need one pilot at a time, so you don't really have to worry about teamwork. See, so that's where I, I, I want uh, one of my questions comes up watching this is that, like... You would think that after, like the like these Jaegers uh, and the, and the, the the cadets and rangers that were piloting them after they managed to pull this feat of, you know, closing off the uh, the rift and getting rid of the kaiju, that more people would want to become like these cadets because it would seem like a badass thing to do. But it's like, oh, we have like. 10 cadets maybe I, or like a few other rangers i guess just because it's like a very expensive kind of army and also that like 
people are saying that okay, the war is over, so it's just kind of like a like a backup thing. And then so then in that case, then where are the other militaries of the world? It I, feels like there's no military to stop when shit starts happening. I, I don't know, but like I mean, I think that the the thing is that the drones are addressing the fact that just because you have cadets doesn't mean the cadets' brains are gonna sync up correctly, which is a big issue that they have, is getting the right people to pilot each Jaeger, because if they have issues drifting with each other, then it doesn't mm. work at all. So they're saying if you can get it down to just one, then that should make them more efficient. Yeah, yeah, that that, that might be a thing, too. Um, I would It might have been interesting if they had changed up a little bit from what they did in the last movie, where, again, the first time around... Uh, you know, you had the uh, the Rinko Kikuchi character, and again, she had a very tragic backstory. She had to kind of combat her own problems from her childhood. That was, a, and that was a very effective sequence in the first movie, where Guillermo del Toro had that flashback, and it was that was probably the best part of the movie. Um, but, um, but here they just kind of repeat it, and it doesn't really. I know the actress was trying. But I felt like she wasn't really given that much to work with past a kind of two-dimensional character. And I know that I shouldn't complain about that. It's a stupid robots, monsters movie. But they could have put a little more effort in past it being, like, just a cartoon. Yeah, I mean, actually, it's kind of like what you're getting at is that she's got, like, the, the protagonist backstory trauma... But I kind of think it would be more interesting if she didn't have the trauma at all and just was really good at, like, building robots from scratch. Yeah, because that's what, when they first introduce her, that's just who she is. Yeah. And like, that, that seemed like, oh, this is kind of cool. She's just this chick on her own. She's a little bit older than, like, being a little kid, but she's not quite an adult she's yet. She's like a young teenager. Yeah, she's a young teenager. She's, bas she's basically there for you know, the target audience to see themselves in. If the, if you're not seeing yourself in John Boyega. Because, um, I mean, you don't really need the, a personal reason to fight <laughs> monsters that are, like, attacking the world. Like, I think that, like, basically, once you're on the same page that the monsters are going to destroy the Earth, that you are pretty invested in punching them in the face until they yeah. die. Well, it's also the thing that early on in the movie, John Boyega does a little narration to set up how, you know, parts of the world um, rebuilt, but then there are other parts where they haven't rebuilt yet. And, like, he's... John Boyega, he's still in uh, part of the world... Part of, like, a city where they haven't rebuilt stuff. That's where he finds uh, uh, Amira. Amara, excuse me. And that would have been an interesting thing to explore. Like, what if there was, like, this whole community of people... Like, people kind of scavenging and making their own little Jaegers or something like that. Yeah. Instead, it's just... You have, a, like, ten minutes of that and a kind of cool sequence at the beginning where Amara's tiny Jaeger is trying to escape from, like, the gigantic RoboCop Jaeger. <laughs> that was basically a RoboCop yeah. scene, wasn't it? She was, he was even doing, like, you are in violation of... Da, da, da. Yeah. Um, but, uh, again, so the first half is all just trying to set stuff up. And you also have boring-ass Scott Eastwood in there, too. Who almost made me pine for Charlie Hunnam <laughs> <laughs> and his sparkling personality. Um, again, Scott Eastwood, he's not, I don't know if he's terrible, but he's just kind of dull. He's better in this than he was in Suicide Squad because you absolutely do not remember that he was in Suicide Squad. <laughs> <laughs> 
holy shit, you did, you were directing that right at me, weren't you? <laughs> I'm directing it at everyone listening right now. Because I don't remember him in Suicide Squad. He was, was he in there. That? He was one of the guys who's like the soldier people that are like escorting the Suicide Squad. And he, he dies so that Killer Croc can live. Really? Yeah. You know what it is? I think because of because Joel Kinnaman was kind of taking up the main space in that movie of being the kind of dull man action hero guy. Yeah. I think he kind of knocked Scott Eastwood completely out of my brain. Yeah. From that. Wow. Imagine being so dull that you can't out dull Joel Kinnaman. Like. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. Well. I mean, he had a bigger part in this than yeah. Suicide Squad, but you make a good point. But he's, good he's point. still very much like the, the by-the-book half of the buddy duo in this picture. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, again, the, the idea is that Jake, uh, his character is kind of... I don't know. He he kind of functions however the script kind of needs him to, though. Yeah, but he's, he's more of like the cocky rogue. He's the cocky rogue when he's allowed to be because there are other times where he has to kind of step up and be more of the heroic uh, figure and and that was fine it was just that i i don't know i felt like there could have been a better balance in the writing of his character so that because it's initially set up that he seems like a complete screw up um maybe not unlike captain kirk and like the the star trek reboot maybe maybe that's what they were going for I don't know. Um, I mean, is good in it. Oh, yeah. He's probably one of the better parts of the movie as far as someone to watch. And, you know, so I like him. I like seeing Rinko Kikuchi come back. Uh, again, you see Charlie Day return. And also, uh, we were talking about this before we started recording. Uh, the actor uh, Bern Gorman, <laughs> who returns as Dr. Herman Gottlieb. He's one of those guys who you just know him as soon as you see him. Um, he's popped up in things. He's in Dark Knight Rises. He was in Game of Thrones. In Torchwood. Who's he in Torchwood? He's, um, he was, I forgot the guy's name, the character's name in Torchwood. He's one of the main Torchwood agents for a little okay. first. Well, he's, he, he's a kind of personality who's, um, who helps add a little bit of, uh, levity because he's the, um, well, the mad scientist personality. Who's not really all that mad? He's just very animated, and they give him a cane so so that he can you know skulk around and and do that. And I, I liked him a lot in the movie. Yeah, I, I do love the um, Gorman Day duo. The Gorman Day duo. Yeah, <laughs> that that's well. I almost well they they kind of separate them for large chunks of yeah, the movie though. But I mean, I feel like they were more together in the first movie. They were, yeah. It's kind of like a missed opportunity that they don't get to pilot their own Jaeger together. Yeah. And I want to talk more about Troy Day, but maybe that might be... Yeah, we'll leave that for spoilers. Um, and, yeah, so I think part of my problem was just that the writing... I'm not going to say, like, the writing in the first movie was some grand masterpiece or whatever, whatever, but it felt like that was a little bit more consistent, like Guillermo del Toro recognized okay i have like these tropes these characters um i could try to get my actors to get the most out of them uh the, the conflict is a little bit more solid because we know giant monsters robots have to go fight them 
the there there are certain surprises and things that happen, but we know what's going on. In this movie, you're putting these characters in here and you're having to juggle a couple different things because you have the cadets who are trying to train in their Jaeger suits, and then you have the whole plot with the show corporation and their whole uh, shady things. It, it just felt like everything was kind of rushed to kind of happen at the same time, just so that they can finally get to where, well, we got to explain how the, the kaiju come back. Right, because that's the problem. The first movie is it, it sort of feels like a sequel to a movie that never happened, but it mm. also wraps everything up with a nice bow at the end. So this movie has to go and say, okay, how do we get the, the conflict that is the like main point of the first movie back into being the conflict the, for the sequel. The, the movie, basically, the, they had a real st struggle because they had to un they had to completely complicate again what they wrapped up at the end. This is, you know, it's the case where it was a movie that felt like the first one felt like a standalone movie. It didn't feel like it was asking for a sequel. And, um... And ultimately, by the time that the movie does get to bring back the kaiju, which isn't really until the last, like, 20 minutes of the film, it, um, I don't know if you felt this way. This isn't exactly getting the spoilers. This is just a general discussion about that. It, it felt like it was also retreading the first movie. Like, there was, you know, because you had certain little surprises here and there in the first movie. Like, you had some of the kaiju monsters that looked similar but then del toro would throw in oh my god this one creature has wings or something like that this didn't have that no it was missing that but i do think this one has better fight scenes in it mm. maybe because at least in this the one you could see things clear you can see things there's a bunch of fight scenes that happen during daylight it's not all rainy nighttime like the first one yeah i mean as much as i like the first movie i will say that 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 felt like a, a slightly off decision to have a lot of your fight scenes at night or in the rain. Um, in this, yeah, everything's a lot clearer. Um, the, the big fight also it takes place in Tokyo, so you have a lot of fun with that. I tried as best I could to put out of my mind the, the possibility of, wait, um, aren't, what about all the people in Tokyo yeah. uh, during their <laughs> gigantic battle? Like, it's one thing if, you know, the kaiju are killing people, but, like, they really destroy most of Japan. Yeah, well, there was that one, like, canister elevator that sunk into the ground, so the 40 people that made it in that <laughs> elevator are alive, and that's all that matters. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I will say that some of those fights are fine. I, again, it's, it's, it's a complicated thing for this movie, because... You you spend most of the movie trying to build up to, okay, how how is this corporation going to completely fuck things up to the point where the kaiju come back? And that's why I mentioned that I found it a little convoluted how they tried to get to that point. Because they had, you know, it's like everything had to go wrong in exactly the right order. Yeah. And as far as certain characters turning and certain technology going a certain way or um, information being discovered by uh, characters going into a um, 
like a, at one point, like the cadets go like decide, let's go into the kaiju that's not the kaiju. Let's go into the Jaeger that's fallen down after this big fight. And there's no security or anybody looking to see these cadets are going into this Jaeger. No, they got the memo that they need to be clear for the plot. To <laughs> <laughs> and also nothing really comes of that scene. It's, you know, it's one of those moments where, oh, my God, a character that we really like might no longer be a cadet. But no, it's not going to last long. Yeah, it, it, It's the kind of like manufactured conflict that you sometimes see in that might be acceptable, like on a TV show or something. But, you know, in a movie, you could try a little bit more. Yeah, there was, I guess, like, the thing is, that between the fight scenes, there felt like there was a lot of, like, a cliched, manufactured, like, time-killing conflicts. Like, we're not ready for the big set piece, but we got to do something with these characters be until the set piece is ready to happen. Yes, that that's exactly what I'm talking about. Like, they have to manufacture some some conflict or, or other, other nonsense. Uh, you have to have another scene where Scott Eastwood... Uh, you know, b b berates his cadets. But then there's one scene where, like, he berates... He should berate them more because, like, a fight breaks out between a couple of them. And what breaks out is such hackneyed dialogue. It felt like... I felt like I was listening to, like, a Fast and the Furious movie for a minute where, like, the whole thing in those movies is, we're family. We're family. I'm trying to do my Vin Diesel gravelly voice here. Scott Eastwick is also in the Fast and Furious movies now. I do remember that. I do remember he's in those. Uh, for some reason, I do. Uh, <laughs> in those, he's not. Well, in that, actually, he works out not too badly because he's he's there basically to take shit from Kurt Russell, <laughs> which is awesome. <laughs> like that, they they should have that. That should be nothing but that in those movies. Um... Him is like a hero character is just dull as dishwater. Um, but yeah, I guess they could have done something more to like liven it up from like the pot boiler conflict before in between monster fights. Yeah. Um. Well. Yeah. That's. Yeah. Yeah. They they could have done more with that. They could have tried to give the cadets a little bit more personality. Like I, you know, I, a lot of them were very stock. Um. You know, or maybe uh, this is a slight spoiler, but you could have had more of uh, the Rinko Kikuchi character in this. Like she pops up for a little bit because uh, she has a history with John. But they're actually brother and sister technically yeah. because uh, Idris Elba took her in uh, in the I, first movie. Yeah, I would have liked a lot more Rinko. I was disappointed that there was not as much as I had led in to believe. Yeah, they they have like a different Chinese actress this time. Her name's Tian Jing. I believe. Uh, she was actually in Kong Skull Island. Right, right. Yeah, like she was, uh, she was like, the, the Asian girl in that movie. Yeah, she does more here. She does more here. I actually kind of like her character. Yeah. yeah. Like, she, she has, like, a real presence. Um, you know, she, she's the one who, at first, you think she's just this hard-nosed, uh, cold corporate type uh, who wants, uh, you know, she wants her drones. And that kind of turns on her at a certain point. Gotta have me drones. Gotta have me drones. Um, so that was actually a nice twist. Sometimes in other movies, she would have been played by like an older white male or something. But here they want to go more with the Chinese thing. Um, 
So I don't know what else to say. I mean, I think we could it, probably we, move into spoilers. We probably soon. could. I mean, generally speaking, direct, like before I go into the spoilers, I would say, I mean, this movie was okay. I, I wouldn't say you have to rush out to see it. It's but but it's not also not terrible. I was not like need, feeling like I need to leave watching this or something. If it, if you decide to rent it or something or you see it on the shelf at your library, you could check it out there. But I don't know if you really need to see it in a theater. It's a good matinee movie. If you have nothing to do for an afternoon, you yeah. check in and watch robots punch monsters. Well, well, also, well, actually, that's a good point. I, now we're in a new age where as more people get like movie pass, things like that, uh, maybe it doesn't matter as much. I guess what I mean to say is you don't need to rush to see it opening weekend. It's not that kind of movie. If you want to wait like a week or two, if it's still playing, then you can wait till then. You want to fail at the box office so no one ever gets Pacific Rim 3. That's your plan. Actually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need Pacific Rim 3. We're fine. Let it be like a TV show on USA or something. Or, or, or this... Actually, I, I read a review, and I told you about this before we saw the movie, that somebody said, oh, this was a nice sci-fi channel pilot for a TV show. I feel like this is not quite that quality. No, the, the effects were much better than you would get on sci-fi. It was. I think they, they just meant more of the writing. Um, so now we'll, we'll get into spoilers. For those who don't want to hear any of that, please pause here. Just because the apocalypse is here doesn't mean you can't look and feel your best. My exclusive kaiju harvesting and preservation process can provide you with all the kaiju organs, tissue, and bodily fluids you need to lose weight, look younger, beat cancer, prevent heart attacks and strokes, cure insomnia, reverse balding, treat depression, anxiety, ED, OCD, ADD, lactose intolerance, incontinence, and restless leg syndrome. Our products are 100% authentic and non-toxic. We thoroughly neutralize the acidity of all kaiju remains to ensure they're completely safe for your consumption. So don't wait one more minute. End your suffering, enhance your life, and be the best you you can be before we all become extinct. So Charlie Day, let me talk about him for a second. Yeah. What was up with his character in this? That he got possessed by the um, progenitor brain that he had salvaged and was mind-linking to in his apartment and had taken him over and made him into an agent of the alien peoples. Yeah, I remember when that scene happened, they show him, like, he comes into his apartment and, like, is kind of talking to someone who we don't see, and then they reveal it's a brain and you hear the song, I Want to Know What Love Is, and you yeah. were just cracking up. I love that scene. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of liked it, too. I, that felt like a scene that Guillermo del Toro ha probably had his hand in in some way. And I wish there were more scenes like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. You know, because Charlie Day, so that's in the moment when you realize, oh, there's something up with his character here. And he disappears for like a big chunk of the movie. And then he randomly reappears on like a rooftop in Japan, <laughs> which... That felt like some shit out of, like, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon yeah, where, he, like, Shredder just pops up on, like, a roof and is like, Ah, turtles, I will kill you! Ah, go get them, Mike! Yeah, like that felt, type of thing. He felt very Rita Repulsa 
But, you know, yes. if you're going to have somebody be Rita Repulsa, you know, Charlie Day is a pretty good pick. Yeah, no, he, he brings... He, he, he puts a lot into his performance. I'll give him that. Like, other actors in this movie, they're just kind of there to kind of do what, you know, whatever. Yeah. Like... You know, it's like Charlie Day is the anti Scott Eastwood. Yes. <laughs> yes, he is. He's he is nothing if not memorable, and in this he's memorably sleazy, and um, because in the first movie he was kind of like a sleazebag too, but he was more like a weirdo. Yeah, I I was trying to remember in the first movie, did they show him like getting the brain or anything like that? Uh, I don't think so they do the scene where him and um was it gottlieb they do the mind mill but i don't know if it's with that brain or if it's a different yeah i do remember something about like a mind meld with a brain well there's this whole other element in this movie too where what did they call it it was like uh when like when the, the when when the kaiju get into your head but they're not actually there it's some type of thing with their minds because it i'm trying to remember the name of it now because because it was something also that the doctor was dealing with yeah he had nightmares is that what you're thinking maybe no no not even that it felt like the feedback or i don't know uh well anyway well we'll get you'll think of it yeah maybe it'll it'll pop up in my head um but that's it it just I mean, maybe I should have seen it coming too that he was gonna betray everyone and be like the, the the evil corporate character. Um, I just felt like, and again, I love Charlie Day as an actor in the movie. I just still felt like his his whole plan felt a little bit like, you know, so many things could have gone wrong for him, and then it wouldn't have worked. Like if he'd been caught somehow, like okay, this is this is this corporation. He's you know, he, he's trying to maneuver things, you know, behind the scenes so that he can reach his ends because he's, like, possessed by, like, a kaiju brain. But wouldn't someone find out about his plan at some point? No. He had the power of coincidence on his <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, so, yeah, so I like Charlie Day, and it's kind of, like, unfortunate that it, this breaks up the, the friendship with him and, and Burn Gorman, so you don't really get as much, like, buddy with them as you... Yeah. But, 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 the upside to that is that I was not seeing this coming because the whole fir- uh, first half of the movie is built up about how the drones are, are bad and are going to ruin Ky- uh, Jaegerdom and the, how the the Lady Shao, whatever her name is, who runs the Shao Corporation, is like this ice queen who's all about, give me my drones! And like, Mako Mori is like, no, drones are bad! And she's like, god damn you, Mako Mori, I need drones yesterday! And something. But then, so you think that, and then there's a an evil Jaeger who comes well, and... Why does she need the Jaegers so... Why, why does she need those drones so quickly? It's like, she does that... She has that kind of scene. She's like, I need them in 48 hours. I, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, wouldn't you give, like, a little bit of forewarning for that? Yeah, but the thing is that there's there's a scene where they, they, there's an evil Jaeger who ends up killing Mako Mori, and then she's like, haha, the, the governments have decided that in the state of emergency that they will go, in fact, go ahead with the drone program, so I get to make my drones, yay! And it's like, it, it seems so obvious that she put the evil Jaeger up to killing Mako Mori so that she could get the drone program off the ground. I was kind of like, 
really we're doing this again but no it actually was charlie day who was controlling the evil jaeger it's like oh you guys surprised me by like not doing the obvious thing for once no i guess they didn't yeah like she and she ends up although that, that although that leads to another ish, small issue i had where in the climax she like ends up coming into uh um the 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 the, the tianjin character ends up um I think her name's Lewin Chow. She's she's one. She's actually last name Chow. She ends up controlling one of like the little Jaeger, scrapper. the scrapper. Yeah, Which, that felt a little too much to me. I mean, I liked it, but yeah, they don't really establish that she can pilot a Jaeger. No, herself. they don't. Why? Like, why do they think this is a good idea that she can just get into the Jaeger and? Uh, the little scrapper and, and and be able to help out in a pinch. Yeah. They should have had something where you could have had like a brief scene where um, she had like maybe she had aspirations to be a Jaeger pilot and she could never get in. So instead, all right, fuck you. I'm going to run this corporation and I'm going to create my own awesome drones that will completely obliterate your Jaegers. That was backstory that was cut because the front half was just too much it probably was, yeah. yeah. Otherwise, we would have had, like, not just a double pilot, we've had, like, a triple pilot episode yeah. of, like, a, of a thing. Um, um, so, yeah, Charlie Day, his whole thing is a little messed up, but ultimately pays off because he gets to have his Rita Repulsa moment. Um, you have, in, in the climax, even though it's weird because you have a lot of the cliche things that happen where... The, the cadets, some of them end up having their moments where they are like, I'm going to go fight now. No, don't go. I'm going to go do this. Ah. Oh, my God. My mistakes, friend died. Mistakes were made. Yes. Lots of mis <laughs> like the climax is just filled with. I made a mistake. I don't care. I made my mistake. I don't care. And I, I it's. Uh, and yet it's still it's still relatively fun. I felt like. By that point, I was still, I was kind of thinking, all right, well, we're just kind of going through the motions here. Um, I did like the, I think the stuff in the city worked best when they finally got to the thing at the end where we're going to launch ourselves up so high so we come back down to Mount Fuji. That felt a little ridiculous. Yes, it was ridiculous in a good way, though. But the funny thing was is that, um, remember, they, they figured that out because they looked at the old Kaiju movements from, like, over the Kaiju Wars that, that says, like, oh, the Kaijus were all traveling towards Mount Fuji because they could do a doomsday attack here with their Kaiju blood and the rare earth and the volcano. And I said, wait a second, they were, like, fighting the Kaiju for years. Yeah, how come they how, never saw that? Like, how did the Kaiju never do that before they got the Jaeger program off the ground? Like, yeah. They would, that would be, like, an instant win for them. Like, yeah, they why, why? time to make the Jaegers just do that first. Well, that's well, that's supposed to be a thing in the movie where, you know, it, one of the characters says, "Remember, you know, they have an objective. We need to find out what their objective is." And so you never found it out in the first movie. It was just about, you know, you didn't really think that far ahead yeah. in the plot line of that, like what the what the goal end goal for the kaiju was. Yeah, I'm pretty sure in the first movie they do say that the end goal of the kaiju was. So like, what was that? That again? they wanted to, to kill all the humans and terraform the earth and live there. Yeah, so they changed up the main goal of the kaiju then. Instead of, like, unless if maybe the idea was 
Now they're really pissed because their whole rift was blocked off through a nuclear bomb, so now they're just going to destroy everything. I don't know, but it doesn't really... But it's not consistent. No, it's not consistent because, like, you know, they did... I don't, uh, Maybe they thought audiences wouldn't remember? No. It was also a terraforming kind of goal in the first one, too, but, like, you think that, like, oh, if Kite, if they could do, like... A crazy mass extermination wave from Mount Fuji. That that should have been the thing that they do a beeline for, like right out of the gate and win. Then yeah, just have a chance to build giant robots to fight them all the time. Yeah, uh, it, it it. I mean, and again, I don't remember how uh, there were a lot of kaiju in the first movie yeah. too. Like it wasn't like just a few of them. Um, so yeah, they decided to just conveniently change their objective because they wanted to have like a cool climax at mount fuji yeah that's basically it i'm i did like the thing where they had the drone jaegers had like all the weird kaiju part guts pop out of them and make like weird hybrid kaiju well that was that that was that was one thing that made it kind of cool that was uh that was something that felt like out of power rangers but in a good way yeah where you have like the after so so what happens in the movie just to make things clear um charlie day's plan he wants to open up all of the rifts, uh, you know, that's what the, the the brain his what the the creature brain has kind of taken over him to do. And what happens is they they open up the rifts. Luckily, the the Jaegers end up stopping the rifts from completely opening. But three of the the kaiju get out, and they're the ones who are making a beeline for Mount Fuji. But while they're in the city, uh, Charlie Day releases some more technology. That binds them together. Yeah, I don't know. How does that work? I don't know how that works. It's like, oh, yeah, I just had, like, these crazy, like, robot nano things that can stick uh, kaiju together. That was, yeah. I know, and again, you don't need to... I don't need, like, a long explanation about that, but it seemed like the kind of thing that... How had this never happened before? Was this just because it's the sequel when now we have to have like a more bigger yeah. monster? Mm-hmm. That's pretty much it, wasn't it? It's pretty much it, yeah. <laughs> like that. Maybe I'm overthinking it. Yeah, uh, it's funny because like in parts of the movie it kind of does feel very Power Rangersy. that like there's like a lightness to it. Like it's like, oh, let's just do more crazy monster fun and have like... Yeah, not- but, but, the, but the problem is though... and. The, uh, until you get to that climax, you're not really getting much actual kaiju versus Jaeger yeah. action. You're just having Jaeger versus Jaeger. Like right. at one point, there at one point there's an action scene where it involves a Jaeger who isn't being piloted by two people. It's being piloted by a brain. Yeah, and I I think made a joke. Maybe I didn't make this joke to you. I just made this in my head. I was like, Krang. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, like and that was I think I know they explain how that happened and that leads to a lot of th- other things in the plot, but to me it's not as interesting watching two robots fighting each other because the robots themselves they're interestingly designed up to a point, but the act but the thing that you're really coming for are the kaiju you're coming for these monsters that are really re- weirdly drawn and designed and ripped and. I agree with that statement. Okay. I I do find robot-on-robot fighting to be less awesome than robot-on-kaiju fighting. Yeah, and the the movie's filled much more with robot than than monster. So if you're kind of wondering about that, on the one... So it's a trade-off, because on the one hand, when you do get to that climax, it is 
better lit and as far as being in the daytime and everything's clearer. And if you like gigantic city destruction, you get that. Uh, but on the other hand, it takes a while to get there. Yeah. And other, you know, if instead of getting mostly kaiju things, you're getting lots of brains and other things. And God, like, I almost wonder what this movie could have been like if it had been, uh, I don't know. Like, I'm trying to think of, like, who else could have designed some of the robots or something. Like, if you brought an H.R. Geiger or something like that. Mm-hmm. Well, I did, there was, like, a kind of a geekery moment where the, the, the kaiju inside the, the drone Jaegers popped out and they have, like, weird misshapen, like, Jaegers with the... the gross stuff popping out of them. So I thought that was at least neat looking mm. and different. I don't yeah. know actually, like, you know, how do the the Jaeger drone kaiju mashup things, how do they, like, be able to reopen rifts just by themselves? Like, it seems like there was, like, like a beam inserted into the drone that's like, oh, yes, like, shoot this beam to open a dimensional rift. Like, yeah, like, how did Charlie Day, He I know he, he wanted to, pro, he, he kind of secretly programmed them to go into error mode as soon as they were being launched, but it that part didn't make sense either. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like you said, like, even if that there's, like, like a third of her stuff is automated, that there should still be like, okay, why are we building a laser into the robots that opens a dimensional rift, and how did we actually research this dimensional rift opening laser in the first place? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of, like, secret things that Charlie Day had to perfectly manage yeah. so that he wasn't found out by the Shao Corporation. Yeah. Um, like, the Shao Corporation is, like... They're they're so badly run. They make like uh, I I don't know like they're they're a worse run ship than like Stark Industries or something. Yeah, um, and like I mean I don't necessarily dislike that because it got us to a good point with the, the fight in the kaijus, but at the same time maybe like there's the front the problem I had is like the first half is kind of boring because there's like that forced conflict between like like oh you're the maverick pilot and you're the, the misfit pilot and we're by the, the rules cadet and uh, guys and like you know if they but had just, but we're all family we're all fa- <laughs> if, they just, if they had just like you know oh compressed that or made them like you know get along with each other better then we could have had more time in the movie spent like detailing how this plan works and getting the, the kaiju back into the mix early yeah like Set up your characters a little bit earlier and then get into the plot or, God, I, I don't know. It's it's tough because you have, like, this big movie with so many characters and, you know, and I get that you need to have all these cadets there because they got to come in in the climax and even though they've been training, they're magically ready to go into the Jaegers. Um, well, this is a small thing, but... Um, before uh, the the cadets and uh, John Boyega and all of them are about to go off on their big final mission, uh, I love that John Boyega goes in front of everyone's like, I know this is the point where my father would have given a big speech. I'm not my father. Then he gives a speech. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not quite his father's type of speech, but he's still like on a dime suddenly going into, I think we, we have to do this, we have to do that. I'm like... All right, you're giving a speech, fella. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, uh, I don't know. Any final thoughts on the movie? Uh, like you know, um, I don't know. It's like 
I like when big robots hit kaiju. Like, is, that's what sold this movie to me. So. Yeah, I mean, it, it again, and I, I most I ultimately got that. I just wanted to get More. some quality writing in there. Like, it's not that difficult. We can see it get done sometimes yeah. uh, in, in genre things. I'm not sure if I could think of one right now. <laughs> but again, the first Pacific Rim was kind of a surprise in that regard. Um, I think we also made a joke when we were leaving that because this movie has three screenwriters, <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they all need to combine into one gigantic screenwriter. Yeah. Um. <laughs> He'll, the, the one screenwriter with three brains will tower over Hollywood <laughs> and, and fix their genre problems. Um, yeah. So, again, it, the, the visual effects are fine. It's just kind of, it's basically a giant cartoon. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of how I would take a look at it. Like, if you, uh, it's closer to that to me than than certain other, than, than what I would get out of typical monster movies. Uh, I don't know. And then I, I know it's like, I'm going to say that and I'll go and watch some Godzilla movie and the quality of writing there will probably be like this movie. <laughs> Yeah, it's basically, like, the same problem. Like, whenever they're not fighting, like, a giant monster or a giant robot, it's, like, all pretty stock. Yeah, you gotta have some colorful characters to help spice, spice it up and, a little bit. And this has that a little bit. I just wanted a little bit more of that. Yeah, I mean... Uh, like, you could have had someone other than Scott Eastwood in that part, yeah. and it might have helped a little bit. Like, even, like, I don't know, you could even put Channing Tatum in there, and it might have helped a little bit. I don't know. Uh, so anyway, if you if you've listened if you've seen the movie and you have any thoughts or agree or disagree with us, if you thought any of the the monsters looked cool or even something simple as that, please send us an email to wagesofcinema@gmail.com. We're also on Facebook and Twitter, social media platforms. Please send us messages. We love getting them. We love reading your comments on the air. Uh, we've done that before. Uh, listen to our last uh, big episode where I read a. Uh, some comments about our Call Me By Your Name review, which got a lot of feedback. Uh, Matt, where can you be found? I'm going to run back home to mattdecatania.wordpress.com. So you should go click that link that Jack will put in the doobly-doo so you don't have to worry about spelling that phonetically at all. Yes, and yeah, he's also on Facebook and Twitter. And you should just check out his blog anyway, because he has uh, a lot of good pieces about various TV shows and toys, and he... You just had a piece about uh, the closing of Toys R Us. Um, a little bit. A little bit. A little not bit. not all the way, but you reminisced a little bit about that, which was nice. Um, and when we come back next time, we'll have more uh, movie talk and things about movies and lots of movie salad and movie uh, big sandwiches and other things. So until next time, I'm Jack. I'm Matt. And The Wages of Cinema is Punch Scratch Fall Binge Break! Ah! Alright, goodbye. There are pilots we remember as legends, but they didn't start out that way. They started out like us. This is our time to make a difference. Do you understand? Jaeger pilots, do you understand? One way to find out. That's what I'm talking about!
Fight! Overdose, those on top of me!